I'm back. That's right, I am back. It's been a long time, but I'm back in the game. Before I get too old, I'm fighting again. March 5th, I had my first sanctioned competitive amateur kickboxing bout in Japan. It could have been better, it could have been worse. Let me tell you the story. Allow me to debrief myself. This will also help me to go through everything that happened and allow me to understand it myself. My name is Lewis, and you are listening to Budo, the Martial Way. Let's get into it. First of all, let me give you a very brief history, just to give you some background to contextualize the whole situation. I'm currently 33 years old. I practiced karate as a child, began practicing Muay Thai at 21, and currently it has been about 10 years since my last competitive fight. I did a year of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in my late 20s, but let's ignore that and focus on striking. Since my last fight, I have been in and out of different gyms. I've moved around England, Japan, I spent many years focusing on powerlifting, getting strong as hell. I've done a lot of different things. And during that time, I have al- I've always been doing my own Muay Thai kickboxing training, either by myself or with my clients and friends. But for a long time, I haven't been training Muay Thai consistently in a gym with other fighters. I do enough of it that I know how to move, how to strike, all that good stuff. I preserve what I have, but I haven't been training Muay Thai full time for a long time. So this year, 2023, my situation has changed and I am now able to get back in the gym and begin training full time again. I am especially eager to do so as I am now 33 years old And something I'm very conscious of is that if I want to fight competitively at any level, I really need to do it as soon as possible. Things like yoga, meditation, I will do that for the rest of my life. Even running, cardio, weight training, I can do that for a very, very long time, maybe lifelong. But physical combat, especially striking, if you want to do that competitively, it's a young man's game. I'm not going to be doing this when I'm 45, 50, 60 years old. So, clock's ticking. I want to fight. I joined this MMA gym at the start of the year, and straight away I told the owner that I want to fight. Literally, the day I joined my very first training session, they had me sparring. And there are professional MMA fighters training at this gym. And you know what? I did all right. Considering how long it's been since I've done any hard sparring, I really held my own. I even surprised myself with how well I did. I've definitely still got it. Now, I'm going to the UK from April to July. So I talked to the owner about having an amateur fight later in the year, once I'm back in Japan. But after a couple of weeks training, I'm like, you know what? To hell with that. I can't wait until August, September. I want to fight before I leave the country. So I talk to my coach and he tells me there is an event at the start of March, like a month away. Hell yeah, let's do it. Preparation for the event goes well. My cardio and strength are fine. About a year ago, I did a marathon and more recently, I've been doing a lot of weight training. 
Um, I've always been, I'm always doing stretching, so I'm fit as anything. That's no issue. It's just the technique. I need to hit the pads, do more sparring, get back into fighting itself, technically. One issue, though, about two and a half, three weeks before the fight, my coach tells me the weight categories available for this event. Now, this might sound a bit weird, but the highest open weight category is anything over 78 kilograms. Okay, so 78 kilograms plus, it's all one open weight class, totally unlimited. Of course, in the West, we'd have way more separate weight categories over that amount because there are so many people who fight at those weights. But I guess in Japan, at least for this event, most people are much slimmer and lighter. Now, this is a slight issue for me because recently I've been cruising around at 80 kilograms, which is the heaviest I've ever been. Now, it might not sound like much, but I'm a very lean guy already. I have always been extremely stable with my weight and always very low body fat. So I'm thinking to myself, look, I was planning not to cut any weight for this, but if I fight over 78 kilograms, I could fight someone weighing 90, 100 kilograms, literally anything. So I need to get down under 78. And again, it might not sound like much, but I'm a very lean guy. I've not got much weight to lose and I do not fluctuate easily. Long story short, I managed to cut the weight. I had a strict, strict diet for those few weeks just like a banana in the morning, very light lunch, or sometimes no lunch at all, then a very healthy dinner. Zero snacks, zero sweets. And it was easy to have a healthy diet because my wife cooks amazing, delicious, hearty, filling meals, but also extremely healthy, typical Japanese cooking. Rice, miso soup, salad, meat, vegetable side dish, Whole foods, lightly seasoned, small portions. Mmm, perfect. And you know what? While I'm on the topic, it was so good to spend those few weeks eating clean, so clean. I had some cravings. I wanted to snack. I think largely that was just out of habit. I had some chocolate. <laughs> I had some chocolate my wife bought me for Valentine's Day. I had it stowed away in a cupboard and I was saving. Uh, I was really looking forward to treating myself uh, after the fight. But you know what? Check this out. After the fight, I went a bit wild. I got myself a Starbucks frappuccino, had a donut, some of that chocolate, and I had this big pizza for dinner. And boy, oh boy, I felt terrible like man that sugar god it was awful i mean it tastes good when you eat it but god all that processed sugar all like the oil man my body was rejecting it i felt like i was poisoning myself which technically maybe i was putting all that processed shit in your body it shows how important it is to spend a couple of weeks every now and then eating clean to reset your body, cultivate some healthy bacteria in your gut biome. Anyway, let's move on. I really want to talk to you about the preparation for this fight. As I said before, strength, cardio, no issue. 
Technique? Well, you can always improve technique. That's always ongoing. But like I said, I was sparring in the gym with pro fighters and I was doing all right. I was holding my own. I was landing shots. I was making them work for it. So yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling all right. The big issue, the real key that I knew I needed to focus on was the psychological battle. When I think back to the previous fights I had in the UK, back in my early 20s, they weren't proper fights, not sanctioned bouts. It was just inter-club sparring for for those who know what that is. Basically, you get together with other gyms and you have a kind of like a mock fight. It's it's just like an amateur fight, but there are no judges. So unless you knock the other person out, it's just a draw and both parties get their hands raised. But still, of course, when I was fighting at these events back in the day, I took them very seriously, as everyone does. So these events I fought at back in the past, they didn't go amazingly well because I was never really totally comfortable in them. They went all right. I held my own. I never got knocked down. But I was always so stiff. I didn't move well. I wasn't fully extending. And I got exhausted fast because I was massively overstimulated. So going into this fight now, I knew the whole battle would be won or lost in my mind. It was a psychological war against myself. Fortunately, I'm a very different person now to 10 years ago. Think about all the things I've been doing in the last 10 years, not to mention my military and private security experience, but more importantly, everything I've learned about philosophy, religion, psychology, and the practical experience I have applying all of that in countless hundreds, thousands of hours of formal seated meditation. So what was the issue before? Why was I so tense? Why did I get so overexcited? It was all pressure I was applying to myself. Of course, as a young man full of testosterone, I wanted to win. I wanted to smash someone up. But also, I was very aware of the eyes on me. I wanted to impress people, not only my friends, but I was also teaching people at the time. I was an assistant instructor in my gym. So I felt this pressure as a teacher, as someone instructing others. Who am I to teach anyone if I can't do it myself? I felt so much pressure to win and it was all me. No one else really cares as much as you do about yourself. I see that clearly now, but that's what dominated my mind as a young man. So what do I think now? Well, I've gone through some of this in episode 40 of the podcast, preparing the mind for battle. But let's just quickly now think about what our teachers would remind us. Stoicism. What would Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, Epictetus, what would they say? You don't need to worry about physical pain. The body is something external, a mere vessel to carry you. More importantly, fame and infamy are irrelevant. These people you worry about, their praise or their scorn is absolutely immaterial, utterly meaningless. And I see that now. 
Those people I worried about in my early 20s, the people I wanted to impress, the people I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of, where are they now? Most of them are gone. They simply are not in my life anymore. They may as well be dead to me now. And even then, if I were to lose, if I were to get knocked out, if they were to scorn or mock me, who are they to me? Do I really value their opinion? Most people know absolutely nothing about fighting. The only people who do have any idea of anything are the people I train with. And I know they know what I am capable of. And they have my back, victory or loss. So yeah, discard the opinion of others. What about Buddhism? Beware the grasping and rejecting mind. I desire victory, I fear loss. This is what causes my suffering. Equanimity, balance, neither pushing nor pulling. Emptiness, present awareness, here and now. Mushin, no mind. Taoism, go with the flow. Be at peace. Do what you need to do, but do it with effortless action. Wu Wei, actionless action. Bruce Lee has some fantastic passages collected in the Tao of Jeet Kune Do that really helped me. There are a lot to share. I could do an entire podcast episode on the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. Maybe I will. <laughs> But let me just read this one Taoist poem featured at the very beginning of the book. Into a soul absolutely free from thoughts and emotion, even the tiger finds no room to insert its fierce claws. One and the same breeze passes over the pines on the mountain and the oak trees in the valley. Why do they give different notes? No thinking no reflecting, perfect emptiness. Yet therein something moves, following its own course. The eye sees it, but no hand can take hold of it. The moon in the stream. Clouds and mists, they are mid-air transformations. Above them eternally shine the sun and the moon. Victory is for the one, even before combat, who has no thought of himself, abiding in the no-mindness of the Tao. And of course, the holy Bhagavad Gita. You have a right to your actions, but never your actions fruit. Indifferent to gain or loss, to victory or defeat, act for action's sake with no concern for results. Before this event, I knew that if I was going to fight without getting tense, without overexciting myself, I had to release myself from any expectation of victory or loss. I had to let go of the desire to win. That doesn't mean I wasn't going to try. Of course, I was going to do everything I could. But if I was so focused on the result, that would distract me from the fight itself. I have no direct control over the outcome of the fight. That's 50% in my hands, 50% in the hands of my opponent. What I do have complete control over 
is my action within the fight. And even that doesn't really require conscious thought. As Bruce Lee said again, Turn into a doll made of wood. It has no ego. It thinks nothing. It is not grasping or sticky. Let the body and limbs work themselves out in accordance with the discipline they have undergone. I knew that if I could do what I do in sparring, would I spend all that time training in the gym? Then I would have no problem. I just had to switch off, release myself from my desires and do what I always do. That was the focus of my mental preparation leading up to the fight. Day of the fight, Sunday, March 5th. I felt really confident going into this. By all rights, more confident than anyone has any right to be. A competitive fight is a completely unpredictable event, but I felt a great deal of certainty. Yeah, I felt a little pressure, anticipation, but I felt good. At the event, it was good, it was busy. I've been to events like this before, so it was nothing new or surprising. I was the very last person fighting in the day, so I had to wait about three hours between arriving and fighting, which isn't the quickest, but also not the longest wait. In the last half an hour or so before my fight, I kept reminding myself of another passage from Bruce Lee. I kept reminding myself to be like the moon beneath the waves. The passage reads, I'm moving and not moving at all. I'm like the moon underneath the waves that ever go on rolling and rocking. It is not I am doing this, but rather an inner realization that this is happening through me or it is doing this for me. The consciousness of the self is the greatest hindrance to the proper execution of all physical action. I'll say that last bit again. The consciousness of the self is the greatest hindrance to the proper execution of all physical action. Write that one down. That is critical. This image, this metaphor of the moon under the waves is very common in Taoism and also Buddhism. You hear this a lot. Sometimes they talk about the moon reflected in the pond or the moon or the sun in the sky obscured by clouds and weather. The point is that our consciousness, our pure awareness is the moon or the sun. The moon is always unchanging. It doesn't matter about the waves or the clouds or whatever obscures the image of the moon. These represent our thoughts, our emotions, external events. Whatever waves arise, whatever clouds appear, they will for a short time obscure and distort the moon. But eventually, given time, these waves, these clouds will inevitably pass and the moon will always, always return to its original shape, untouched. So that was the final mantra I repeated to myself. The moon beneath the waves. The moon beneath the waves. 
No matter what is happening around me, the noise, the excitement, the action, the people, these are all waves. I am the moon, steady, unchanging, untouchable. So the fight itself, how did the fight go? It was all right. (laughs) My opponent was about the same height as me, but I felt that he had a long reach. So I found it hard to get past kicking range and into punching range. I'd practiced a lot of combinations, mixing up punches and kicks, kick, punch, 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 kick, kick, that sort of thing. I know that you don't want to just fall into the habit of throwing out singles. So I had really intended to throw short combinations, avoiding singles as much as possible. And I also intended to throw body shots as much as possible with my hands as we were wearing head guards, which I never normally use. But all that is easier said than done. I found it hard to get on the inside and open up. So the whole fight, we were both mostly on the outside and it was very even. We both landed a few clean shots. Neither one of us really dominated the other. I did land one very clean head kick, which knocked him down. He didn't get a count. It looked almost like a slip, a very brief flash knockdown, but it was directly due to the head kick. The fight was only two two minute rounds, so it was very short. I would have preferred three rounds, but what can you do? One big problem I had, so the fight was very static. I wasn't moving around smoothly. Now, there's a few reasons for that. One is that I think I calmed myself down too much. I was so focused on keeping it low energy and staying relaxed that I really reverted into a very traditional Muay Thai style, which is very easy, very slow, very relaxed, doesn't move around much, which is not what I have been practicing. I wanted to be much lighter on my feet, more maneuverable, circling more, controlling the distance better, which is exactly what I have been doing in sparring. So part of that was due to relaxing myself too much. Another part of that was due to hurting my foot. I don't know when it happened, but I must have smashed my foot into either his elbow or his knee early in the fight. Because after the fight, my foot swelled up and I could barely walk. More on that later. But in hindsight, one big issue that contributed to my lack of movement was the warm-up. So at these sort of amateur events, it's not like when you see high-level pro fights on the TV. We don't have our own private room to warm up, where we have plenty of space and can do whatever we want. At this event, we were all warming up in the gym around the ring, in the middle of the crowd, amongst all the people from all the various gyms who had come to compete and take part in the event, and even the spectators. So as I was warming up, I had zero room to move. Honestly, at the start when I was warming up, I couldn't even throw kicks. There was so little space around me. So in the gym, my own gym, normally we can move around all over the place. 
there's plenty of space, huge, wide open space to maneuver. We can move in and out, step off, circle, all that good stuff. But on the day at the event, I was completely locked in one place, totally static. That's how I warmed up and that's how I fought, which is absolutely not what I had prepared for. So technically, that's a big lesson for me, something I had not anticipated at all. Next time, I really need to make the effort to move around. Even if I have to put my trainers on and leave the gym, go find some space in a car park or anything, honestly, that would have been infinitely better than the complete lack of space I had to deal with at the event. So yeah, the fight. What can I say? It was very even, and in the end, it was a draw. Like I said, could have gone better, could have gone worse. It's a draw. What more can I say? Of course, after that, on the way home, I felt a bit disappointed. Obviously, not not a result I had even considered, let alone wanted. I think if we'd had a third round, we would have had a a winner one way or another. But what can you do? In the car, as I was driving home, you start to think about all the things I could have done. Hindsight's 2020. Oh, I should have done that. Why didn't I do this? That's not what I practiced. But also, I need to remember what I said before the fight. Unattached to victory or loss. Don't forget that now. Don't just pay that lip service. I need to believe it. Technically, on a purely technical level, look, yeah, of course, I'll watch the fight back. I will think about what I did well, what I could have done better, what I will do differently next time. And that's all valuable information. I can only learn from that. And I wouldn't learn any of those valuable lessons if I hadn't stepped up and put myself in that position. So I'm glad about that. And psychologically, I told myself as I was driving home, I said to myself, you know what? I need to not beat myself up about it. Right now, immediately after the fight, I need to pat myself on the back and feel good about what I have achieved. Now, that's not just to soothe my ego. You see, I realized that if I beat myself up too much, if I focus too much on regret and disappointment, I just feel dejected about it that will color the whole experience. Then next time in the future, when I have another amateur fight, all those negative feelings will come back and that will make me dread the fight and anticipate disappointment and loss. So rather than that, I made a conscious effort to focus on the positive, to give myself props for what I had achieved. Well done me. It's been a decade since I last fought competitively. I've been back in the gym sparring for just two months. Most people never even get in the gym, let alone spar, let alone compete. So no, I've done well. It was good. And I should be happy with that. I've learned from it, took away a lot of valuable lessons I will improve on for next time. And just from doing it, just from showing up, Next time, I will be more relaxed, more composed, because honestly, 
It wasn't that bad. It was nothing that great or exciting. And this is my experience from the small fights I've had back in the UK. Sparring in the gym with pros for five rounds, six rounds, seven, eight rounds, full three-minute rounds is always more intense than anything you face in competition. So yeah, it's fine. It's all good. I'm glad I did it. I'm going to do it again later this year. And next time, I will be even better prepared than I was this time. And honestly, this time, that guy was lucky to get away with a draw. I know that's big talk from someone who didn't actually win, but I'm being serious. In the gym, I spar with pros and I do very well. I know I'm strong. I know I'm technical. I know I have the ability. The only thing that's standing between me and destroying my opponent is myself, my own mind. Next time, I will be better prepared, I will be more relaxed, and with my skill, with my strength, with my mindset, I am going to eliminate my opponent. Quote me on that, I swear it to you. I mentioned my foot earlier, just to quickly go over that. Yeah, in the fight, I don't know what happened. I was just vaguely aware of it not feeling good. But when you've got all that adrenaline and the excitement of the match, you just power through it. But after leaving the ring, I immediately started to limp on it. And through the day, it just got worse and worse. The next day, I almost couldn't walk. It was very bad. Now, I have fractured my foot in the past from kicking someone's elbow. So I've done it before and I know exactly what it feels like. So I was absolutely certain I had fractured my foot. I just wanted to stay at home and rest, but my wife drags me to the doctors. We got it x-rayed and very surprisingly, it was not fractured. I'm recording this on the following Sunday, one week after my fight, and my foot is all kinds of different shades of purple and yellow. It is horrid. I can walk on it now, but it's it's not great. It's not terrible, but all that bruising, which must have been deep in the muscle tissue, is still coming out to the surface. So yeah, it, it is not great. Other than that, I'm 100%. The guy didn't touch me. He landed a couple of punches and kicks cleanly, but honestly, it, it felt like nothing. I'm absolutely fine. If it wasn't for smashing my foot to pieces, I'd be ready to go again today. So, debrief. What did I do well? I stayed calm. I walked him down. I landed a very clean head kick that took him off his feet. Changing levels, maintaining pressure. Weight cut was fantastic. Cardio was good. Strength was good. That was all fine. What could I have done better? I should have thrown more lighter kicks. I was too focused on throwing big power kicks in an attempt to make him afraid of my kicks, which worked, but if I had thrown a larger variety of lighter kicks, I can use that to find the holes in his defense and use that to get him blocking more, so that once he starts blocking, then I can close the distance into punching range. Because that's what I want to do. Get my opponent covering up so then I can get on the inside and open up with big body shots and long knees. 
So what will I do different next time? As I said, with my kicks, also warming up, focusing more on movement, lighter on my feet, more bouncy. It's really hard to get that balance. In the past, I have been overexcited, overstimulated, and now I focus so much on bringing myself down that I was too calm, too relaxed, not enough energy. I want to stay calm, relaxed, but light on my feet, bouncy, fluid, maneuverable. Then when I strike, it's sharp, quick, bap. Not necessarily strong. If I'm quick with good technique, the power will come naturally. I want to stay loose, bouncy, fluid, popping him with all kinds of shots from all sorts of angles on the outside. Then when I see a clear opening, when I see him cover up, then I can lay into the big power shots. But you can't force it. You need to work on the outside nice and easy until the opportunity presents itself. Psychologically, yeah, same again. Relaxed, easy, focusing on the present moment, not allowing myself to become overstimulated, but also bouncy and sharp, like a cobra, like a snake. Relaxed, smooth, fluid, and then bam, sharp, explosive. That is the ultimate warrior, able to balance those two extremes of absolute calm and emptiness, then pure, sharp, immediate power. My Chinese zodiac is the snake, so I'll remember that. This time, I was the moon beneath the waves. Next time, I will be the snake among the grass. There you have it. My first sanctioned amateur fight in Japan. Thank you very much for listening to my story. You know, it's not such a big deal. Like I said, two two-minute rounds. It's so short. Just this tiny little event at some grotty little gym no one's ever heard of. Of course, it feels like a big deal to me. But I know that in the grand scheme of things, no one else really cares. But it's, it's good to remember that. It dissolves the ego, gives you perspective. We're all going to be dead 100 years from now. So screw it. What are you afraid of? Let's jump in the ring and go to war. What have we got to lose? If you enjoyed that and you would like to know more about the systems I use to prepare for battle, to deal with intrusive thoughts fear, anxiety, if you would like to learn about mantras, how to center yourself and overcome all obstacles, check out my book, The Marshall Method. You can get it in paperback on Amazon, or if you check out Gumroad, you'll also get the audiobook alongside your digital copy. Enter the code BECOMETHEWAY, all lowercase, all one word, to get 20% off your Gumroad purchase. Links to everything can be found on budo.card.co, that's B-U-D-O dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O, or on Twitter, at WayBudo. I hope everyone's doing well. I hope you're enjoying the weather. Spring has officially arrived here in Japan. It's absolutely beautiful. My favorite time of the year. I love it. In April, I will be returning to the UK for a few months, introduce my son to my parents for the first time. Very exciting. 
Next time I have an amateur fight, I will talk more about it beforehand on Twitter and the such. You understand, I didn't this time because I wanted to keep it low key. As I said before, last time I placed too much pressure on myself. I didn't want to make the same mistake this time. But now I feel good. I feel comfortable. So I will share more of the adventure when I fight again later this year. Until then, keep training, keep moving forward. For those on the way, become the way.